everyone. Good evening, Victory Baptist Church family. Member, wherever you may be this evening on this hot, smoky, beautiful Winnipeg night. I hope that you are enjoying your summertime and uh, look forward to seeing you Sunday in church. I'm glad to see the gang here tonight. Remember, you can start coming to prayer meeting on Thursday nights. Look forward to seeing you here. Remember, a church that prays together stays together. Why don't we say that? You know what? I like that. Let's say that. Ready? A church that prays together stays together. You are needed. You are needed to be here. We need to be on our knees together in prayer to the Lord together, bound in one accord by the gift of prayer. It's a great thing to pray. Never lose your prayer life. All right? We need to be a church and a people of prayer. Just, just some real basic announcements this evening. Sunday school is going to be at 9 a.m. again this week, and then church will be at 10 a.m. Sunday school at 9 a.m., and church will be getting at 10 a.m. We will be gradually phasing a little bit later here soon as things uh, settle down. We're just trying to stay consistent. Of course, everyone knows the reason why we started at 9 a.m. before, right? Because it's quiet on Portage Avenue. That's why. And we're preaching outside and no cars are coming by on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. So we're going to start heading back uh, towards a more uh, palatable time for Sunday school in the morning. So this week we'll keep it at 9 a.m. And we'll get uh, look forward to uh, going a little bit later here. All right. Also, uh, praise the Lord. Good information. Susan Martin is uh, in hospital. As all of you know, she's in hospital. And I spoke to Henry today, and Henry said that for the first time she ate soup today. So he's very thankful for that, that she's able to eat. He's just praying she can come home. He is on his own and all alone, and he wants her to come home. So let's pray that she recovers, and uh, Lord bring her home back to, uh, to Henry. So he's thankful for that. Please keep praying. All right, August the 8th, August the 8th at 6 p.m. Men, we're going to have a men's preaching meeting. I will preach online. You can watch the message, but we're going to have a 12 years old and up men's night. That's Sunday night, August the 8th. We're going to be here 6 p.m. We're going to have a men's preaching service that Sunday night. But you're more than welcome and encouraged to please watch the message online August, Sunday, August the 8th at 6 p.m. All right. I really don't have any more announcements. You know, I'm going to take a minute. Does anyone have a testimony that like just to thank the Lord for something? You just want to bless the Lord. It's just coming out of you, bursting at the seams. You can't keep it in anymore. You're excited about what the Lord's doing in your life. Yes, sir. Sure. Sure. Okay. Nice. Nice. Amen. And she's in heaven now. Prayerfully, yep. Okay. Trusting in the Lord. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Anyone else has a testimony this evening? Something you're thankful for? Something that's a blessing? All right, I'm thankful for Sunday. I thought we had a great day Sunday.
thought it was a fantastic day. I thought the Lord was there. Great to see people get baptized. Great to see people follow the Lord and just do that which is right. So opportunity to speak to a young man in my office for 30 minutes after church. That was exciting. Uh, gave him the gospel. Uh, pray for his salvation. Uh, Joy knows him and uh, Kristen knows him and a few other folks. So pray for his uh, Tyler. Pray for him, his salvation. So Tyler, correct? Joy, it's Tyler. His name is Tyler. So he needs to be saved. And I got to share the gospel with a young lady come in the building. She works for Hydro. Hydro had to come inspect our uh, our uh, gas leaks that they're all repaired and fixed and got all that done. And uh, so, so this is a Baptist church. She goes, that's the tank you baptized? I said, that's the tank. She says, so tell me what the difference between a Baptist and a Catholic is. <laughs> so, so, so we had a good little talk there. It was a blessing. So, And she kind of did the inspections and gave her the gospel, gave her track, and it was a blessing to be uh, able to share God's word. Tell somebody about Jesus. Somebody you know needs Jesus that I don't know, and you need to tell them about Jesus. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get started into our Bible study this evening, and then we'll have prayer pals downstairs. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have. We pray that you'd bless the word of God. We pray that you'd teach us from your word, Lord. We thank you for the men uh, and the women throughout the scriptures that followed you and uh, stayed close to you, Lord, did that which was right. But today, Lord, we want to learn the lessons that we need from the life of Jonah. Thank you for the Sunday school last week that we had with the life of Jonah. I pray you'd teach us more truth tonight to reinforce that which we already heard. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah in the Old Testament. We've made our way from Genesis all the way to Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Didn't obey God immediately. The book of Jonah. Jonah has four chapters in. If you take notes, Jonah is the author. It has four chapters. There are 48 verses in the book of Jonah, and there are 1,321 words in the book of Jonah. 1,321 words in the book of Jonah. Now, most of the prophets were to the people of Israel in the north or to the people of Judah in the south, but not Jonah. Jonah was called to the Gentiles, the heathen, literally the heathen people of Nineveh. He didn't want to preach to them, but that's whom God called him to. Sometimes God will send people to people that you don't want to necessarily go to and share the gospel, and it was his mission to preach a message to the people of Nineveh. Um, he was also under King Jeroboam II, he was from the north. He was not from the south in Judah. He was from the north in Israel. And so we're going to take a few minutes to look at the life of Jonah. Uh, let's begin by reading chapter number one. The Bible says this. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. A prophet's job in the Old Testament was mostly to cry against sin and repent rebuke a people publicly for their wickedness is come up before me I want you to note that phrase God says that their wickedness I don't know how and I don't know what but their wickedness would literally ascend to the throne of God their wickedness has come up before me but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish so he paid the fare therefore he went down into it to go with them 
unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. New paragraph. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried everyone unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea. So all the goods were tossed overboard to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came unto him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, and if so be that your God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. So they basically uh, rolled some dice or threw some sticks down and cut, cast some lots or some rocks uh, to determine who is causing the problem. Who is causing the dilemma and the lot fell upon Jonah what's another Bible reference they cast lots who can think of some other time in the Bible you've read some other time sir Jesus robe they cast lots for his garments that's right and so here they have the casting of the lots verse 8 then said they unto him tell us we pray thee for for whose cause this evil is upon us what is thine occupation so they ask Jonah his job what is it that you do and whence comest thou and what is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, why, ha what? why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. They knew he was running. They knew he was running. For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them and they said they uh, they unto him what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us for the sea wrought and was tempestuous and he said unto them take me up cast me forth into the sea so shall the sea be calm unto you for I know that for any sake this great tempest is upon you nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it to the land but they could not for the sea was wrought and the tempestuous against them wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said we beseech thee O Lord we beseech thee let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou O Lord has done as it pleased thee so they took up Jonah cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord, <laughs> the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we sure do thank you for the Bible. We thank you for this time that we have. We thank you that we can still meet uh, in the middle of the week we can still gather we can still pray we can still bless your name we can still look to the scriptures father please teach us good truth today we love you we need you we can't live without you we ask a blessing on those who are listening in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen this prophet jonah 
was called to the heathen people of the land of Nineveh. So if you're taking notes, number one is Jonah, the rebellion of Jonah. Rebellion, rebellion in the Bible is always a bad thing. Uh, back in the 1950s, most of you, some, well, some of you would, we're kind of split here. Uh, some of you remember, some of you wouldn't. There was a movie made many years ago, Rebel Without a Cause. It was starring trivia, who knows? Rebel Without a Cause. James Dean, there you go, starring James Dean. It's called A Rebel Without a Cause, and they kind of made the rebel into the hero type of the picture, you know? And, uh, but, but to be honest, rebellion, there's nothing good in the Bible about rebellion. And Jonah was an absolute re rebellion against God Almighty. He was told to go to Nineveh, that great city, that giant city with thousands and tens of thousands of people but Jonah hated those people he hated the Ninevites because the Ninevites were the people that conquered his people and killed his people he was prejudiced against the Ninevites so Nineveh was to the east Jonah found the first ship he could go as far as he could to the west. Let me throw a question out at you. How many here have, uh, no, Tarshish is where he went to the west. Where is Tarshish in modern day? Does anyone have a speculation or you know? Spain, well done, very good, excellent. So now think about it. Nobody heard of North America, nobody heard of South America. So as far as Jonah was concerned, Spain was as far as a human being could go from where God wanted him to be. And you know what? Whenever people choose to go the wrong direction, they need to realize, number one, as a believer, number one, you heard the old saying, what? You can run, but say it, what? Come on, let's do that again. You can run. They keep on running, but you cannot hide from God. Thou, God, seest me. God said, you can run as to the for other, end, other end of the world. God knows where you're at. God knows what you're doing. He knows what you're thinking. You can run, preacher, and Jonah, remember that. Jonah was a preacher running from God. Boy, oh boy. Man, I'm telling you. There's a lesson for each one of us as believers to learn. You can run from God, but you cannot hide. Second thing I'd like you to see is you can run and you think like this. It's my life. I'll do what I want. I'm going to go and do my own thing. But hey, remember, when you run from God, you affect everyone else around you. Backsliders always bring storms with them. You with me? Backsliders always bring the storm. Hey, these sailors were just trying to feed their families and make a few, uh, a few bucks here, trying to do what their occupation is, but Jonah has brought them trouble. So you don't want to run from God and you don't want to be that backslider that brings trouble into other people's lives. They always bring the storm with them. So Jonah, the preacher, with a call on his life, says, look, here's the problem. <laughs> I'm a preacher. I'm running from God. I serve the God who made land and sea. And you know what? I'm <laughs> Just push me over. Kill me. He said he had a death wish. He wanted to die. He said, I don't want to preach to those people. You say, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Can I let you in on a little secret? Every preacher on planet Earth goes through that to some little degree or great. 
Every Sunday, there's an, inhibit, an, an inhibitation, an inhibitance in your heart. I got to stand before these people. I have to stand between God and God's people and give them God's message and do it faithfully and do it diligently. And then you start looking introspectively. It always comes. But Jonas was so big, it kept him from what he was supposed to do. I've got, and again, I've, I've analogized this before, but some of you folks are newer. I've got friends that could preach circles around me. I've seen, I, I lived with a man who would preach to one, I mean, we, we shared a house for a while. We went to the mission field on trips together. He would preach to a thousand teenagers for an hour and a half. And those kids would walk out of the sand. It's over already? Seriously. One girl that worked on my bus ride, she said, I, I felt like I was sitting there for 20 minutes and he's preaching for an hour and a half. This guy preached circles, but he's out of the ministry today. I've got friend after friend after friend that uh, more talent, more ability, more, but, but sometimes it's always the attack is on, but it, it never goes away. How many have heard of Charles Spurgeon? How many you know that name? This should be most of us. Okay. Do you understand that Charles Spurgeon is called the prince of preachers? They say he was the greatest modern era, 1800s preacher. And he went through absolute deep, dark fits for weeks of depression. You say, why? The more God uses you, the bigger the target gets on you. And it just becomes a part of your reality. And so Jonah's like, you know what? I don't want to serve God. I don't want to do the mission I'm called to do. Just push me overboard and all your problems and my problems will be over. But can I just say, a death wish and a suicidal wish is not the answer. Amen? That's never God's answer. But he was in rebellion and it will bring you to places that you were never meant to go. But I want you to notice, let me reinforce, look at with me at verse number two. Uh, chapter, uh, uh, sorry, Jonah chapter one, verse number two. Arise, go to Nineveh. God is calling this man, this man who is racist and suicidal, go and cry against that city for the wickedness has come up before me. And so number one, you got a rebellious believer. You have a rebellious preacher who is out of the will of God. You can run, but you can't hide. It's a lot easier to just go along with God's plan and God's dream and God's call and God's flow in your life than it is to fight against him. Just follow the Lord. It's the best route. But I want you to see, again, this is only a survey, so let's uh, move on to chapter two. And so the rebellion of Jonah, but number, uh, number two, two, I want you to see uh, the repentance of Jonah. The repentance of Jonah. Now, the Bible says in the last verse of chapter 1, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and for three nights. I want you to put your finger in there, and I want you to keep your place in Jonah, and I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. We've discussed this a few years ago, but I want to reiterate it one more time. Matthew chapter number 12 and verse 40, and uh, the Bible said in the Old Testament, that Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. That's exactly what it said in the book of Jonah. Now, let's, let's fast forward a few thousand years here, a few, uh, few centuries here, excuse me, and go to the life of Jonah. Look at Jonah chapter 12, uh, Jesus here speaking, verse 40. Here Jesus is talking about the man called Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights 
in the great fish's belly. That's not what it says. Look at it. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with generation and shall condemn it because the re they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. So what I want you to see is that was it a fish? Was it a whale? Well, here's the thing. What we have done in modern science, we've created categories. Kingdom, phylum, genus, species, blah, 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 blah. That's all man-made categorization and compartmentalization. If God says a whale is a fish, then a fish is a whale. You say, no, Pastor Pittman, you're so ignorant. A whale is a mammal. Uh, a fish breathes from its what? What? Kills. Kills, right? I wanted to see if the kids knew. Kills, that's right. A mammal breeze. But that's man-made descriptions. If God says that a whale is a fish and a fish is a whale, then a whale is a fish. That's what the Bible says. It depends on your view of the Bible. If you take the Bible very seriously, then it doesn't matter what man and classroom teachers say. The Bible clearly teaches that it was a whale, unless... God calls a great fish a whale. But anyway, I think you see the point. You say that's trivial. Not really. Not really, because there are no mistakes in the Bible. There's no better choices of words. And when Jesus says it's a whale, it's a whale. You see, because I believe the Bible. I believe the words of the Bible. This is really important. This is where I lose a lot of people over the decades here. It's not just the message. It's the exact words of the Bible that are imperative. It's like a legal contract. Every word in a legal contract is important. Every word in God's word is important, and every word is precious. What did Jesus say to the devil? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you have an every word Bible? Every single word. This is your meat, your vegetables, your uh, milk, your honey, your water. This will spiritually keep you alive. And so that book tells me that Jonah in the New Testament was swallowed by a whale, not just in the sense of a great fish. So they are synonymous, and that's because Jesus said so, and Jesus would never lie. And so what I want you to see is that while Jonah's in this dark place, this murky tomb in the depths of the sea, in the ocean, he went to the bottom of the ocean, the Bible says, and he saw the mountains at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, he is down there and God is getting a hold of Jonah's heart and he's working him over and one guy you know by way of a story one smart alecky educated young man came home from university and talked to the old woman that he went to church with and he laughed at her. he said you really believe that Bible she says I sure do that Bible is God's word that Bible has changed my life that Bible has told me how much Jesus loves me he said come on you really believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale and she just looked up and smiled and she said to him, she said, I believe, I sure I do, I believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, but if the Bible said Jonah swallowed the whale, I'd believe that if it was in the Bible, amen. Amen, because the Bible's true and man is often wrong. And so chapter number two is the story of the repentance of Jonah. Sometimes God has to put us in a dark, cold, wet clammy spiritually speaking place before we'll wake up sometimes it has to get rough 
before we'll get right sometimes and Jonah was very hard-hearted against the Lord and so the Lord put Jonah for three days and three nights in the belly of the whale and the Lord would spend three days and three nights in the tomb before he rose again from the dead and so the Bible tells us that that whale literally transported Jonah to where God would have Jonah to do his ministry and his ministry was of course the preaching to the people of Nineveh and so you know the and, and I'm not going to go too heavy because Ross is going to be teaching us uh, through the book of Jonah in Sunday school in the near future and the Bible says this and the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited verse 10 in chapter 2 and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land so now you God will get you where he wants you to be amen but it sure is a lot easier if you just go with God's plan and stop fighting against the Lord and, and trying to make things go your own way and try, trying to run your own life. And so the Bible, count, uh, the, and the Lord comes to Jonah in chapter three, chapter number three, if you want to see, uh, chapter three is the message. Here we go is with the message. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time saying, arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Now, let me just pause here and just take that word preach. Preaches in the New Testament, preaches in the Old Testament. There is a big difference between preaching and teaching. What I try to do here on Wednesday, Thursday, is teach you the Bible. What we do in Sunday school is try to teach you the Bible. Transfer truth. Take some notes. Put your roots down. Get solid. What we do is in discipleship is try to teach you the Bible. Teaching is good. But understand this. Teaching is not a substitute for preaching. Teaching is not a substitute or a replacement for preaching. Sometimes we just need someone to tell us what is wrong. Now, that's not teaching. That is telling. Do you understand the difference? Hey, listen, I don't care what the world says. It doesn't, and you shouldn't care what the world says. If the Bible says it's immoral, debauched, and defiled, if the book says it's wrong, then it is clearly wrong. Can you say amen right there? But the why, if I explain to you from the Bible why this is wrong, why we shouldn't be involved in this, why God doesn't want that, that's the teaching. You see the difference? You, need a little, you do a little teaching when you preach, and you do a little preach when you teach. But we need teaching. But right now, Jonah is on a mission from God, literally, to preach what God has told him. Look at verse 3 in chapter 3. So Jonah rose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, three days journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. So he's one day deep into the city. And he cried and he said, now look at this, watch this. How's this for a sermon? Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, period. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Yes, I see that hand. That's all he said. He went and he said, look, God is going to ruin this city and destroy you in 40 days. Now, 40 is an interesting number in the Bible. 40 is the number of judgment. How many knew that already? How many knew the number 40 represent judgment? How many knew that? Okay, one, just one. 40, 
How many days did Jesus, was he tempted in the wilderness with Satan? Forty. How many days did it rain when Noah uh, was on the ark? How many days and nights? Forty. Forty is the day of judgment in the scriptures. Whenever you see 40, it's always uh, hitched up to some form of judgment. It's getting ready for judgment. And so Jonah said, 40 days, God is going to overthrow and destroy this city. And you know what he was saying inside when he preached that good sermon? And I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm I'm going to get the popcorn. I'm going to get a front row seat. I'm going to sit on the cliff. And I'm just going to watch the brimstone fall. And I'm going to watch the fireworks go. And, you know, he's all excited in his flesh. That's what he wanted. But thank God that they listened to the message. Verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least. Even the king did it. Even they covered the cows with sackcloth and ashes. In chapter 3, they listened to the message. Boy, there's a good lesson. Listen, if you hear a sermon and God speaks to you and God tells you to do something and God wants you to do something and God's trying to change your direction and God's trying to restore fellowship so that you're not the backslider and so God's trying to work on you so that you don't bring judgment and storms into other people's lives, listen to the Lord. Follow his leading. Jonah was hoping against hope again. He knew God was a God of kindness. He knew that God was a God of mercy. He knew that God would forgive them. Look at verse 10 in chapter 3. God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not hallelujah how many are so glad that god is merciful would you raise your hand tonight if you're glad god is merciful and god didn't bring the fire down on you every time you and i deserved it isn't it awesome to know that god was a god of kindness a great kindness it says in isaiah even in the old testament he was a god of great kindness found in the book of isaiah so the Bible goes on and teaches us <laughs> that in chapter 4 that Jonah gets a little bit bitter. He becomes bitter again. Look at verse number 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord. And he prayed unto the, excuse me, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Well, duh, that's why he sent Jonah to preach, of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, look at this, here we go again, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He just preached an entire city, got right with God, and he says, now, please kill me. Twice he wanted to die in just four chapters. This man wants to die. He doesn't want to live. Do you know Elijah? How, you all know that everybody knows the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Satan, the prophets of Baal. And, they, and they, he says, go ahead, and they pray all day to the devil, and they're, you know, cutting themselves with blood all over the rocks and they're praying and he just laughs at them laughs at their god laughs at their sacrifices and he just says and if god brings rain then my god is the true god in this little cloud the size of a hand of a man and it just gushes up an instant flash flood comes 
when he preaches and he looks at all the Jews and he says kill all those false priests he had a great victory on the mountaintop but that night Jezebel said I'm going to kill him and what did he do he went and hid uh, uh, he pitched a party under the juniper tree and felt sorry for himself began to cry he said it's enough God just kill me he just had a major victory and God's saying he's saying to God just kill me I don't want to do this anymore I just can't take it anymore and he just had a victory here Jonah preached a storm and an entire city had revival and he says God it's enough just please just take my life I am so done and yet that's not what God wants God wants us to keep on going forward and keep on moving and keep on loving him and living the victorious Christian night life and then God asked Jonah a question verse 4 look at it chapter 4 then said the Lord doest thou well to be angry so Jonah went out of the city and sat in the east side of the city and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city and the Lord God prepared a gourd. Now that's a giant, um, a squash, a humongous thing. Like, you know, the big grapes they had. He prepared a gourd and it come uh, over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad. Oh, look at the benefits of the ministry. God supernaturally grew this in, this, in the desert, remember. God grew this giant gourd. I've got my booth. I've now got shade. I've got shadow. I could probably make pumpkin pie out of some of this thing. Man, look at how happy and great I am now. I was ready to die a few verses ago, but God prepared a worm in verse 7. <laughs> and when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. So this insect ate and killed this gourd that God grew. It came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die. Here he is again, number three. I, four chapters in three times he wants to die. It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonas, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? He wants to die because the gourd has withered away. And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. I'm so angry, I want to die. Then said the Lord, thou hast pity on the gourd, for that which thou hast labored, neither madest grow, which came up in the night and perished in a night. And should not I, now here's the lesson, here's the whole crux of this thing, it's not the whale, it's not God getting you where he wants you, and should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and also much cattle. All right, Kyle, do you know your left from your right? Okay, Brian, do you know your left from your right? Okay, I know my left from my right. So we're not talking about men in their 60s. We're not talking about men in their 50s. How old are you, Kyle? 10. We're not talking about a, a boy of 10. We're talking about little ones that cannot tell their left from their right. Johanna, she cannot tell her left from her right yet. And that's what God's saying. God's saying, you're worried about a gourd, a stupid gourd, a vegetable gourd that I made and I destroyed and you're mad at me and you want to die? 
He's saying, what are you even concerned about this thing? Should I, the God of heaven, not spared that city, that great city, where are more than six score thousand persons, that six score thousand persons cannot discern between their right hand and their left. There's lots of little kids in that city. And you want me to destroy it. But I wanted you to go and preach. So there's a few things we can learn from the lesson. Number one, first of all, God will have his way. And God made sure Jonah got there. Even when Jonah said, there's no way I'm going to do what God wants. God made sure he got I'm going to tell a testimony that I've never told before I don't think I've ever told before I knew that the Lord wanted me to get out of the military service but I didn't want to get out I, I wasn't called to preach yet but I didn't I, as a Christian I it's a good life I don't preach that Christians can't live a good Christian life in the military that's nonsense I know a lot of wonderful outstanding Christian men and women that are in the military service and they live that way because that's what God wants them to do. I knew the Lord wanted me to get out. I didn't want to get out. So I wasn't called to preach, so it didn't matter. So I just signed the papers, and I was home on leave, and they were going to ship me to the Philippines, and I was going to the Philippines for the next four years. But when I got to the base in Washington before I was to go over, and get, I was supposed to get some indoctrination and things like that, and, and they were going to send me to the Philippines, and when I got there, they said, guess what? You can't go to the Philippines. <laughs> so they said well we're going to send you here or there I said that's not what I was re-enlisting for they said well you either go here or there or you have to get out and I said okay I'm done I'm not fighting anymore I knew the Lord was telling me I wasn't supposed to stay in any longer and so don't worry if you're God's child he'll make sure he gets you to where you need to be sometimes the correction just kind of stings a little but you need to listen and you need to learn and embrace the will of God for your life. Number two, this is a heavy one, very seriously. S suicide is never the answer. Death is never the answer. Um, I, I reference several different pastors and preachers in the Bible. I reference Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. That's his name. He's called the Prince of Preachers. And I understand that. There are seasons in the ministry where everything goes great, and there are other seasons you're like, Lord, I just want to go home to heaven. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to out. I want out. I want to be with you. I don't want to fight anymore. Buford and I were just talking about how heavy this whole dark COVID thing, this is the crazy. Did you ever think you'd see anything like this in your lifetime, in this country? Maybe in the Middle East, maybe in the Far East. Maybe in Africa, sub-Sahara, but never here. I never thought we'd see the, uh, the, the, the uh, government and, and, and the situation that we're dealing with. And it becomes very weary on the soul. And people are getting worn down. People are becoming sad. Uh, people are getting upset. Um, you know what? I'm going to say, hey, Evelyn, I'm going to say something, all right? This is way back. This is when it first started. I remember Evelyn was upset. I started talking about COVID, and she said can you please not talk? Do you remember that? She goes, can you please not talk about COVID anymore? But I felt like I had to, you know, right? She wanted to hear it, and I get it, because it wears on the soul of men and women, even kids. But we need to realize that suicide is never an option, and the never is a plan in your life or my life. And number three, remember, when you mess up your life, you're not living to yourself. You're bringing storms 
into other people's lives when you and I are backslidden and away from God. So those are things I just want to talk about. Just take a couple minutes to see if anyone has a question, a challenge, or even a comment in any way, shape, or form. I love Jonah. I'm sure all of you have heard greater messages, but remember, we're just doing an overview and a survey. Does anyone have a comment or a question or a thought about anything about Jonah? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Young, yes. Is it ovoviparous? I don't know. Okay. Than a fish. Okay, you like the whale better than the fish idea. You know, there was a man not too long ago in Cape Cod that was literally swallowed by a whale off the coast of Cape Cod. Did anyone read or see that video? Right? It was just like within a year, and the whale literally spit him out. Poof. And he lived. It wasn't that long ago. He, he said he didn't know what happened. He was swimming underwater in the ocean, and then poof, it's dark, sweaty, slimy, and poof, it is. Hey, it sure does happen. So this video you can watch, read, find on the news. So Very interesting. Yes. For sure. Historically, there have been others. So for sure. Absolutely. And so uh, I like whales. Yes. Chapter 310. <laughs> I troublemaker. <laughs> you never picked up on that before, hey? It's, it's more than there's other places in the Bible and God repented. Um, Oh, man, like yeah, you caught me on the back foot right now. Um, there is an answer. I have taught this. I have taught this in the past, but my memory is failing me right now. It's not like when you and I repent of sin. Um, yes, Ruth. Change of mind. Change of mind. Change of rerouting, if you will. Anyone else want to add on repenteth? God repenteth. conditional right but it was there the option God believes in variables they're variables if you have ever studied algebra you know there's variables there are variables in in life so yeah it, God did not destroy uh, Lot and his family he would not have destroyed it he Abraham said come on please God if he had gone down to five I bet you God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah all right anyone else good question excellent question yes Or statements. Okay. Ah. He was comfy and cozy in his sin, right? Is that what you're saying? Excellent observation. Excellent observation. He was very comfy, cozy in his sin, sound asleep in the cabin below in the boat. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. <laughs> uh, Jesus. No, that's interesting. Yeah, no, one was running from God. One was going to glorify God. He was going to glorify himself, if you will. That's very good observations. Yep. Yeah. 
right. Peace be still. It stops. Somewhere. Well, the first one was a judgment of God. The second was for the glory of God. And the third one was probably for the glory of God too. You're talking about Paul and the shipwreck, right? Yeah. Excellent. Very good. There's a sermon in there you should write. Okay. Somebody else. No, no. God gave you the message. Don't run, Jonah. Preach your sermon, Jonah. You write that sermon. You You write that sermon, brother. All right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Good, good, good feedback. Good in, interaction. I'm looking forward to Ross's study. Uh, he's going to be away for a few weeks, but uh, I'm looking forward to his study uh, in the book of Jonah. There's so much in there. Remember, I try to tell you what we're doing by going by every book of the Old Testament, and then I'm going to cut Sam loose here in a minute to go downstairs. And we're going to pray. Um, all we're doing is flying over the city at 30,000 feet, looking down. You can see everything, but you don't. You can't get into the little pieces and nitty-gritty of it that's what teaching will do we'll go through the whole thing and ross will take it apart and we'll look at all the pieces and we'll see and i'm sure he'll do an uh, outstanding job all right so why don't we have the kids head out with brother sam and we'll uh sign off to our friends and we're getting ready to have prayer i hope that if you're watching that you'll spend some time in prayer also we will see you sunday at 9 a.m right here at victory baptist church lord bless you